Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Owning your financial power takes guts, which you've got. Tasty works, options, stocks, futures, crypto, one award-winning platform designed to help ambitious traders crush it. Visit TastyWorks.com. Love where you trade. Let's play two. Back, 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 back. Way back. It might be. It could be. It is. Holy cow. The fly. He scores. Cup win. Cup win. Um, I just like to say first, thanks, thanks for being here. Um, you know, I had options to just talk to on a Zoom or talk to one person, and not you know, do a whole whole lot of talking. But I wanted to give it to you all because uh, you've been more than fair to myself, my family, um, you know, in the city. A lot of expectations on me as an individual, but the team. So I, I want to give you guys that. So thanks for being here and uh, you know, coming to ask some questions. Jason. Can you kind of overall look back the last seven seasons uh, like Chicago? How do you kind of sum it up in little words? I guess. Oof. Um, a lot of history being broken. Um, a lot of winning. But I think having new understanding for what winning is. And I take away from that winning is a debt that it's not pretty. You have to give up a lot of things um, on and off the field, whatever it is, whatever your craft is. And, and there are a lot of things you have to give up as an individual and as a group. And we were able to pull off a lot of special things together and we did a lot of winning. And I think now what we're seeing coming to the end of that is you know, some, some of the debts you have to give back, the things you give up. And you know, the business is the business side of, of this game and, and in every industry. But what a ride for uh, for the city, for this fan base, and you know the love that I received, the love that we received, the guys that were part of those groups is never taken for granted. And we're so happy that I think I speak for everybody. We're so happy we could be a part of that group that that brought them to the other side of that. From Jed a while back on what comes next and the decision that was made. Can you take us through that and uh, whether you were surprised at the conversation you had with you about going forward in the next year and, and what the reaction was? Yeah, no, I, I wasn't surprised. Um, you know, being around long enough, I mean, this is, this is my education at, at 20 years old, starting at this level. And you know, seeing signs of, of other players, other teams, what, what they've done. You see Justin Upton having a really good spring um, out there in Arizona, and then the Angels deciding to you know to move on from him. 
um, you know, play with Jay up. I know what kind of work he puts into it. Um, you know, obviously his career speaks for itself, but you know, this team, you know, wh where where they're at right now, and and the things that they need to do, the the other people they need to see play, um, you know, the things, the data they need to collect, all that type of stuff comes with again talk about winning. Uh, you know, that comes with a debt. I feel like there's sacrifice you have to make. So I wasn't surprised when you know they said that you know they would need to move forward and you know, open up some opportunities for other people. Disappointed? Um, I'll say that I, I appreciate the real. I appreciate being able to have that. You know, it's tough when you don't have those things, showing up for any job or, or living life. You know, if, if people are kind of blowing smoke and, and not keeping it real with you, it's tougher to get up every day and, and go to work or tougher to be, you know, treat other people how you want to be treated. So it was nice to have that. Um, in a sense, but I think, you know, watching, watching people come and go, that's, that's a disappointing thing. When I say disappointing, it, it is reality, but that's probably the toughest part is, you know, separation, leaving, um, leaving what I feel like is, is going to be home. Jason, do you plan on playing next year? Sorry, who asked? Do you plan on playing baseball next year? Yes, that's, that's the plan, but as we're sitting here today, plans don't always go as, as you hope. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what um, what options I'm presented because it's, it's you know, a different playing field now as far as who's interested. Um, also have to be realistic about their, their roles that they think that I should be in. Um, is that a minor league invite? Is that you know a possibility saying, no, like we want you on this team. We're here to win and compete. We understand what you bring in a, in a winning environment. So those are things that, that I do have to to check in on. Um, I wish I could make a decision right now as far as what's going to happen, but I know that's not realistic. So I am excited about seeing what uh, what offers come my way as far as whatever's next. Would you, would you take a minor league invite if it was a place you wanted to be and you thought it was a fit? If it was a place I wanted to be, we have to see. I think uh, you know, I was talking to a former teammate the other day, um, and he mentioned that the WBC is next year. So that's going to open up some playing time for, for other guys, even if they're not with the team that they start spring training with, they'll, they'll at least get a good look, um, you know, to have playing time. So that, that might change my, my thinking process on that. If that wasn't the case, I might say right now, no, like that, that wouldn't be it. But, but we'll see. I, I know it's not, uh, it's not smart or, or wise to, to write anything off right now on this day. I just know controlling what I can. You know, it would be nice to play next year. It would be nice to compete for a championship and, and a postseason run. You've spoken so highly of the veterans that impacted you when you were young. What do you hope the young guys in that room kind of carry forward from what you've tried to deliver to them over your time here? Um, I hope professionalism is a, is a part of something that they take. People need to have a certain amount of structure. I don't think it's the game that I came up in. I understand there's there's a lot more freedom in, in areas, and I think I think that's a really cool thing, you know, on and off the field. But as far as daily preparation, treating others how you want to be treated, uh, the people that have come before you that have more time than you, respect that space, learn something from that space, um, still remain to hold on to like what's special about you as an individual. I feel like the game now is going more heavily towards the cookie cutter. 
we want to see this data. We want to see this information and, and, and be analytical, which is great. You know, take that feedback, but still hold on to, you know, what makes you a really good baseball player and, and look to harness those things. Um, and then don't take winning for granted. You know, don't take that for granted. It's not easy to do and it doesn't always happen. So and enjoy that ride. You, you, said, you said maybe not disappointment, but how, how do you describe the emotions as you're going through those series of conversations about the future and what's it been like to step back this year? Um, I think for the first time, just being able to think about everything from my first day playing, uh, my first year playing to my time here in Chicago, it's it's been very rewarding, you know, but I think what I've taken most from it is how do we handle failure? Because that's that's a big part of life, obviously, but it's a big part of this game. We're all always going to fail more times than we succeed. And I know that's cliche, but um, how we handle those things, you know, that, that comes back your way. And in the time since, you know, since Jed has announced that, you know, the team would be moving on from me, it's been a lot of love, a lot of respect from a lot of people, um, a lot of gratitude. And I know that's that's something that's earned, you know, in how you carry yourself. Do you make the most of every situation? Uh, being a great teammate, respecting the game, loving the game, uh, being compassionate, embracing the community, um, you know, just just enjoying the ride for what it is and, and not being unrealistic about it. You know, I think that's that's something that people don't always understand is how you handle failure. There's a lot of accolades, you know, throughout my career, a lot of special things happen here with this team, a lot of failure too. It's not always easy to deal with, but there's a lot of, like I said, there's been a lot of good things that have come my way from a lot of people just expressing that to me. And, and I, and I think I feel like that comes from how I've handled everything. Jason, um, when you signed the contract that you did is, is it a blessing maybe 99.99% of the time, but it can also be a little bit of a burden, the focus, pressure, all eyes on you when you, when you, when you sign that? What, what, what's your take on that as you look back? Um, contract is a contract. You know, I feel like it's very hard to outplay certain contracts, especially one like that one, but not even thinking that way. Like, I just, I always want to win. Um, I think coming to a new team and not fully knowing how it's going to go as far as, you know, the way they see implementing their players into the, you know, to the season on a daily basis. I think that's, that's a tough part of it. I think coming into a new coaching staff and, and wanting to, I guess, be coachable, so to speak, you know, that's a great thing to do and, and to fit in and, and go with the group. But also, you know, sometimes it's easy to get lost in what makes you stand out as a player and, and holding on to those things. And I think that's probably the toughest thing that I had, along with just wanting to win for this fan base. You know, sometimes when you, you know, go do something and you're so focused on, man, I, I want to get this done for, for the group, for, for the fans, for the city, you know, like you start to carry things that you can't really control. Is that kind of what you meant by sacrificing a little bit? Before? I would say in a different light. I think that's in a little bit in a different light as far as, you know, I think that kind of goes back to being like 
remember, being able to remember like what makes you special as an individual, what made you a, a big league ball player, right? And, and being able to hold on to those things and, and continue to harness those. And I feel like um, I've always been a guy that's played through injuries, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. I think over time I've learned that which ones you should play through and which ones you shouldn't. But at the same time, like I wouldn't, you know, change anything about how I've gone about that in my career because it's brought me here today. Like feeling very accomplished, um, very fortunate to have been on a real championship team, but also a lot of winning teams, a lot of winning baseball, and just little things we learn along the way, right? So I I can't say no that the contract was you know that much pressure. Did it bring more attention? Sure. Like there's there's more people, you know, or I guess there's less people that can relate to you, you know, instantly. Right. Um, but but I, I have so much respect for that and, and understanding as someone who was a baseball fan growing up, being on the other side of that. So, no, it's it was, it's been an honor to, to wear that contract here. And, you know, any any failure that, that we had as an organization, I understand. Yeah, part of that goes with me always and forever. But like I said, you know, I'll I, I rock that badge. Follow up to that, you know, living up to the contract and dealing with a failure like, like you talked about. Um, you know, there's been a lot of winning with it, uh, but when, when people call it a bad contract or, or even even a, a bust, I mean, with, with respect, how do, you, how do you, what are your thoughts on it? How do you feel about the span of these last seven years and uh, in, in, in that context? Well, I feel like I'm a very fortunate person to be in a a select group of players that earned bad contracts because there's a lot of bad contracts out there um, if, if that's how we're looking at it, right? Um, but to be able to show the value of myself as a person in probably like one of the toughest times I've had you know, on the field and off the field in 2016, but to still show I'm here for the team, um, to still play defense the way I play defense, run the bases, um, and just to step in and, and step up in a time and in multiple times when I was needed to be who I am, to be Jason Hayward, like, we still got a ring. And and it took every bit of that from from me. It took that group. You know, there's no other group that was going to get that done. Um, so that's that's fine. You know, I understand. Like, people can say a bad contract, this and that. But I know I also had my hand in a lot of winning baseball here on the north side of Chicago. Jason, your uh, rain delay speech is still talked about to this day. Do you ever look back on that? And did that have an effect on, on how the ending of Game 7 happened, do you think? Well, I know it had an effect on it. Uh, the group was together. You know, the right people were in the room. Uh, that team was really, really, really talented. That team was really, really, really experienced and poised and, and what our mission was. And it doesn't happen without all those guys together. So it, it most definitely had uh, an effect on the outcome of that game. But just because we were all reminded of who we were and how we got to that point. And once again, like one more time, go finish the game the way we play it, no matter what the result is. What, what went into you saying, deciding to do that? What's that? What went into you deciding that I'm going to call the guys together and do this? Just what, like what made it happen? How did it come about? Um... Yeah, I felt like that was probably the first time I had seen everyone just not really having much to say. Everyone kind of being dumbfounded a little bit, being, being down, and rightfully so. 
because of all the weight of you know, the curse, because it's game seven, because we're not at Wrigley, because they have a lot of momentum. You know, a lot of things did not go our way at one time, and it would have been very easy to just say, all right, you know, we gave it a hell of a run. Now let's, let's go see what happens. And to me, we had a moment. I didn't know how long it was going to be, but I saw it's raining. I was like, man, I got to say something. Uh, I got to remind these dudes like of, of how I fucking see them because they're amazing. They're, they're gladiators. And through every up, every down in that season, it didn't matter. Like We always had an answer, and it was to laugh at it, have fun with it, talk shit to each other, you know, see who would come out on top, and then you know, praise the people that came through in that game that night. Praise the guy that came through in the game the next night. It was someone different every night, every series for us. So just needed a, a reminder. You mentioned that fan a few times, but just like what have your overall impressions been of Cubs fans, and how did they, how do you hope they will remember you during your time here? It, uh, it brings a smile to my face knowing that I had a chance to play in front of these fans. Um, 2010 was my first time playing here as a visitor, and I think the team it wasn't a very good team at the time. They kind of went through a similar thing of what we went through last year uh, and parts of this year as far as you know some players moving on, but the fans still showed up. And to be here and for timing to work out for where I was here on a run where we made some history, in the postseason, going to the NLCS three years in a row, winning some divisions, obviously winning the World Series. It was uh, it was really gratifying because good time, bad time, they're still right there waiting for something positive to happen. And we earned the right for them to be right there even more on the edge of their seats a little bit further, right, when we kept coming back from situations that were just unimaginable. Um, so to me, it was just – Beautiful experience to play somewhere where you know baseball happens and there's nothing else that goes on besides that. And at Wrigley Field, no better place to play this sport. What did the, what did the Clemente Award mean to you? And did the last couple months give you time to be more present for the project in Austin and kind of see how that's coming together? And what have you thought of kind of seeing that building? Yeah, no, I've, I've spent a lot of time um, you know, working on that. With, with some partners, with a lot of good people. And you know, that's that's another like new way of, I guess, being anxious to see something good happen. Uh, it's been it's been cool to see that project come together. Uh, the Clemente Award, to be able to tie that in with that and you know just be acknowledged, I always feel like that's really special because of Roberto uh, being able to pay homage to him, uh, the way his intentions of, of everything happening, his passing, what, what he was headed to do, going back home to, to take care of people. You know, if you're going to go out a certain way, I mean, you don't want to go out, I feel like, at all by any means. But you know, with that in mind, uh, you know, with, with a heavy heart. So it's, it's always awesome to be acknowledged. And I think it's really cool to see each player on each team uh, be recognized for that. Part of your legacy in Chicago, the way you've embraced the city and wanted to give back, you know, in the way you have. Sorry, what was the first part of that? Important was your legacy in Chicago to have that component be a part of it, not just what happens here at Wrigley, but the impact in the city with uh, what you've done around different groups. Um, important to be myself, and I think that's something I've always done to the best of my ability is to give back, is to uh, to be where people need you, to, to lend a hand, 
and be helpful when I can. Um, just just reading what's going on at the moment. You know, that's a part of me as a baseball player, but that's a part of me as a human being. And it's just nice to be one of the many people that were helping a lot of different causes here in my time. And uh, you talk about legacy, it's it's nice to be able to implement you know, multiple things that will be here when I'm not around anymore. I generally did it sound like he'd have interest in hiring you at, at some point. Like, whenever you're done playing, would you be interested in, like, managing or GM track? Or how do you see that next phase of your life? If I saw it today and had to answer on the manager side, I would say, no, I don't think I'm the person. <laughs> um, I have a lot of respect for the people in that position. But I would like to... I don't know what capacity, what role. Maybe it's on the you know partial ownership side, but I want to bridge that gap. I think there is a lot. There are a lot of things lost in translation um, from clubhouse to front office. Um, no, I wouldn't say there's things lost in translation from ownership, but having more perspectives like mine up above this to be able to look down and say what what can I really give to this group of guys? You know, even if it's you know keeping it real with them and letting them know like this is what it's like here, okay? Like, this is what it's like the next spot, the next spot, you know, be, be grateful for it and, and so on. But I think I can bridge that gap as far as, like, you know, helping everyone be on the same page. So we'll see what happens um, with that. And I guess, you know, that can kind of, like, segue me into just thanking the Ricketts family, thanking Tom, you know, Laura for, for everything they've done for my family. And I, um, I understand a lot of people have – I respect their pains, and then they have a lot of reasons to to not be happy with them, you know, a, a lot of times. But they really do take pride in what happens here, and you know, ups, downs, great days, bad days. Tom has always came and spoke to me, made sure to shake my hand and look me in the eye, make sure I was good, make sure I had everything I needed. And they also broke a curse that they were here for that 108 years. That's not an easy thing to do. So a lot of respect to them. Jason, just looking at you through your career, you know, coming up as a young guy, 20 years old with Atlanta, dynamite defensive outfielder, good arm. I still, I think, I think I still remember a play of the year when you were at St. Louis when you threw out Rizzo at late here. It was mm -hmm. Gotti's hand got messed up. Oh yeah. Uh, dynamite play. Is that the kind of thing that you can, you feel like at the major league level, you can still bring to a major league team that kind of just high level play? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, most definitely, but I think that's a part of what goes into my decision that I'll have to weigh as far as what team's interested because I understand what it takes to have plays like that happen and you got to be on the field. Um, you've got to be able to be in enough moments for it to happen. It doesn't always happen. You don't always throw people out, but you know, in, in those times, in those moments, I knew what it was like to play at Wrigley. I think that was like the end of our, you know, regular season, no battle with the Cubbies that year. Um, just experience. So, you know, in my time right now, being able to reflect and just prepare for what's next, I want to make sure I'm able to deliver those moments. And, you know, being healthy, obviously, is a big part of that. So I know I have a lot to offer still for a winning baseball team, a team that wants to go far in the postseason. Like, like you said, you've seen the highs and lows over your time here. What needs to happen for this team to be back as a perennial playoff contender, title contender? I can only speak to what I've seen. And 2016, 
or any teams that I feel like have gone on in the postseason and gone far have a lot of really good pitching, a lot of really good defense. Offenses are going to be offenses. Sometimes they're going to struggle. Um, they're going to have to know how to pull out and, and find a way to get big hits against aces in the postseason. That's that's what the postseason is. You're facing everyone's best majority of the time every night, and you're going to have to be able to overcome that. So having John Lester as our number one, having Jake Arrieta, having the ERA leader for the National League or maybe the whole league, I'm not sure that year what Kyle did, but put up some outstanding numbers. That was our number three starter. You know, uh, so I think when you're able to put numbers together like that or that kind of experience and success and a starting staff, then I think that goes a long way for allowing your bullpen to breathe a little bit uh, to kind of find their bearings because bullpens, it's not easy. It's, it's stressful. And, you know, sometimes if things get short on the, on the starter side, you know, it's more taxing on them. So just having a complete ball club, you know, putting everything in place, I don't believe that it's going to take – as much as, you know, the people building the team think it's going to take. But it's all about having the right people in the room. You mentioned that word curse a couple of times. Just before you got here, what was your impression or thought of the curse or anything that was going on around here? And then in 2016, how much was that something you guys talked about or even you personally thought about? It? Um, before I got here, didn't think about it at all because I didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> you know, um, I just knew Wrigley was Wrigley. It was beautiful. Uh, I knew the fan base was amazing. And, and they lived up to every bit of that and some. But uh, once we got here, we didn't talk about that either. You know, I had some uh, former teammates tell me when I signed, they're like, Jay, like, it's the GOAT, bro. Like, you ain't going to beat the GOAT. Like, it's not going to happen. He's like, I hope you win. I'm happy you got your contract, but you ain't going to win with that team. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, you know, I hear you. But you know, my outlook on that was the same as everyone on this team. You know, we're on the bus, you know, riding to the airport. Um, from Ripley, headed on the road, you know, to a hotel on the road, whatever. Say, hey, get, get out the way. 2016 champs are coming through. You know, like that was our mindset. And we controlled what we could. No curse ever came up. And I think uh, Johnny Lester, you know, paid homage to that by getting everybody a really big, nice set of wine bottles that had the telegram of the, uh, of the owner of the GOAT and, and his curse message that he sent to the owner of the Cubs at the time. Um, we drink to that. That 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 was pretty much our our mindset. Sure, I got the uh, World Series title. You got the gold gloves. But the thing that stands out most to me is your character. When you ask ex teammates, teammates, anybody, they speak about you and how high character of an individual you are and what you've meant to them. Obviously, in the clubhouse, but just in their personal lives. So, how are you able to mesh so well with others and just be that guy for a lot of those guys to go out and show up the league? I've been fortunate enough to play on so many winning teams uh, since I started playing baseball. Seven years old, eight years old, we won our first World Series. And nine years old, starting travel ball and winning baseball. Um, from McDonough, Georgia to East Cobb, Georgia, to then going into the Atlanta Braves organization where there's winning expectation, playing with some world champions um, on, on those teams, going to St. Louis for a season, seeing what that's all about, the 11 championships and then coming here and being the last team standing. You know, all of that involved a lot of winning and that involved a lot of being positive, you know, being on the same page with guys, 
wanting to find out which buttons to push, um, you know, on a given day to make someone's job easier, to make them feel better about themselves, just to make the group better. And you have, you know, veterans, you have leadership like that on every single team that I've been on um, at an early age. So to me, it was always important, always important to believe that no matter what, we're going out here today to win, to go on to the next day and the next day and, and to get into October. So that's where that stuff comes from. Family vibes, you know, I've, I've got a big family and, you know, that's another part of who I am as a person. And to bring that to work every day, it just makes it that much better. Even David Ross go way back and he's spoken so highly of you this year. Just how would you describe the impact he's had on your career, specifically the, the last couple of years as he's got this new manager? Um, Rossi, he gave me the constructive criticism introduction to the big leagues. You know, he definitely praised me when when I was doing things well and, and where I, being where I needed to be. But he also let me know, like, hey, like, you see your flip-flops right here, Rook? Like, this is my locker. I'm going to need you to keep your shit on this side. Okay? Like, this this is how this goes. Um, you know, you come in the clubhouse, you sit at your locker, you observe, like, you know, see what's going on. You can laugh and all that, but, like, just learn something today. Be a good teammate. Learn how to play the game. Make sure you know the signs. Make sure you know the little details, um, you know, that are going to help us win on a daily basis. But Rossi has a knack for being able to be a funny guy, a funny person, um, give you tough love. But he demands and expects people to respect the game of baseball. And that's what I love about him. Um, he respects the game as far as players, the kind of time they put in. Um, you know, he wants to make sure that you respect those who, have, again, that, that have come before us, that have done a lot of special things, and he loves to win. I think that's just you know, something when you have, again, the right people in the room who love to win, they understand the sacrifices, they understand the debt, and, and that's what he's about. What is the city meant to you? I mean, we talk about the organization, but the city, I mean, we're in the offseason, what is the city meant for you? I feel like this city is so special because of the simplicity of being able to take a walk or bike ride, whatever way you want to get down to Lake Michigan, um, to walk along Lake Shore, to walk along the river walk. Uh, you can have a five-star dinner at a beautiful restaurant or you can take a sandwich from home and sit right there and be amongst the same people and enjoying those vibes. Um, I feel like Chicago just doesn't take that for granted. And when it comes down to the summer, I mean, we see how that goes. Like everyone makes the most of that. And the wintertime, everyone makes the most of that. They still go out to the dinners on a Tuesday night. The steakhouses are still packed. It's still that old school homey vibe. Uh, the sports city here, obviously, I know it's you know it's been tough on the winning side of those for here the last few years, but either way, Chicago doesn't take that stuff for granted. And to me, that's been something that has been awesome to be a part of. Uh, just just taking walks, going down the city um, as a professional, as as someone who's a, a ball player in the city. You know, people embrace that, they respect that, and and they respect your space. They want you to enjoy what they're enjoying. I think that's been something that's really cool and unique about the city. Are you going to stay here, keep your home here? Yeah, no. The, the plan is to ha always have a home here. Uh, my, my family's here as far as in-laws go. 
Uh, my wife's from here. My, my son was born here. Um, you know, summertime will definitely be here, no doubt. Winter time, huh? Holidays. We'll, we'll, we'll be. We'll, we'll, <laughs> hey, hey. Every time I leave Chicago and come back, I feel like, damn, I missed it. You know that much more um, when I get back home. So I'll continue to find excuses and reasons to be here whenever that is. Jason, just one more. Just in talking about like Game Seven and stuff, and a lot of the guys you kind of played with, there's this emphasis on like the heartbeat and staying connected and trusting your instincts and being present. Like, how hard is that going to be for the Cubs to recreate something like that again? How hard? Not just a pure talent collection in a room, but putting together another kind of special group. Um. I don't think that you – know, I think a part of why I don't think I can be a manager in today's game is because a lot of that is not done on the computer. Um, you know, that comes from – again, you saw a team that won 103 games in the regular season be down 3-1 in, in a series and still find a way to come back and do it. And you can't measure that stuff. You know, you can take a picture at the end of it and see what it looks like. You can tell people about it, but you have to have enough experience. You've got to have guys that played in Boston that won rings. You've got to have guys like myself that came up in Atlanta, played in St. Louis for a season, and, and came here and brought that. You've got to have a Ben Zobers. You've got to have a Anthony Rizzo or Javi Baez. Like, not their numbers. You've got to have their personalities. Dexter Fowler, like, being funny as hell every damn day. You know, no matter what's going on, you don't even know when he's serious, but when he steps in that box, like, this dude's here to play, he's here to compete and win. Um, those things are hard to duplicate. You know, the game is, I feel like, it's, it's getting tougher every single year. You know, more teams compete, more teams are being competitive, and, you know, his, history does repeat itself in a sense. You look at the Yankees right now, look at the Dodgers doing their thing. Um, you know, some teams are going to come back around in that, but I think realistically, you know, they have to figure that one out. You know, I, I wouldn't mind being a part of that, but what I do know is, a big part of that is going to be always and forever this fan base. That's something that we love to enjoy on a daily basis with our group. Day games, night games, doubleheaders, whatever. We just made the best of our situation because we knew if we sparked up enough energy, the fans were going to be behind us. And it was a party every day for us, just a baseball party. Have fun playing the game the right way. If someone didn't do something right, call them out on it. But you knew you were calling them out because we had somewhere to be. Don't get in the way of that. So, I mean, it was, we could talk all day on, on that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think you know, they got some work to do. But I will say again, like, I don't think it takes as much as, as anyone thinks to have that happen here again. How does it help having your son during this period to change perspective, kind of give you that positive distraction? I mean, I'm sure that was a good component here. Yeah, I mean, he, he Messi's definitely helped keep it real. Um, you know, I don't think I can imagine how many things that, that I would miss, that I would have missed this year had I been playing the whole time. Um, so, so much respect for dads, for parents that go to work every day and leave their kids and then have to come home and, and fit in whatever window of, of time they have. So, I'm, I'm super grateful for that. It's definitely a silver lining in it. You know, I, I'd rather it not be the case, you know, but it's also, I feel like it's a time where he wouldn't remember too, too much of of me playing baseball in this first year. 
so we'll see what the future holds for for both of us in that sense. But it's, it's been awesome being a dad. You mentioned the fan base several times. What's it going to be like for you to say goodbye to them? Um, <laughs> it's going to be heavy. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be emotional. Um, I think in twofold, I'm looking forward to being able to do that and to acknowledge them from the heart. But also, I think I'm really, really, really looking forward to coming back here with that group from 2016 and everyone receiving their flowers. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to having that moment with them. Uh, they deserve it. And I know the fans, you know, they, they can't wait for that to happen, but it's tough to move on, right? It's tough to go on and, and play somewhere else or, or start a new life away from here. And I just want them to come back and be a part of that. And I want to share that with them. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.